0: welcome back everybody to this week's episode of about to review i'm your host that guy named john and i'm joined by frequent guest and collaborator mr andy hey how's it going it is going well on today's episode, we're going to be doing a different type of thing and kind of a, an Alice in Wonderland expose. A, a special, you could say. A special, which the timing is good because Alice through the looking glass uh, just is hitting theaters now. So we'll talk a little bit about Lewis Carroll and then his most famous works, which are obviously the Alice series of books. Hmm. I say series even though there are only two books. Andy, that's a very that, short series. Like, isn't is, that, is, that, is that even a series? Is that a, <laughs> I really a, don't think that. It's a, that's a brace, a brace of uh, books. A brace. I was going to say a couplet, yeah. but a couplet is something else in English grammar, right?
1: Yeah, you're going way out in left field yeah, right now. Yeah, no just idea.
0: Stick, Off to a great start. Stick to the simple stuff. <laughs> All right. So sticking with the simple things. So Lewis Carroll's Alice Books started with... Alice in Wonderland <clears throat> that would actually be oh.
1: Alice's Adventures in Wonderland John.
0: Alice's Adventures in thank Wonderland you, thank
1: you let's, let's get it get similar it right to now.
0: the 1980s classic Adventures in Babysitting <laughs> uh, which I just saw a trailer for they're remaking I have another, no another idea why. movie that needed to be remade oh, I mean again there were so many questions from the first one anyway moving away from Adventures in Babysitting and onto Alice's Adventures in Wonderland thank you so it came out in 1865 and since then there have been dozens of adaptations uh in kind of film and tv so we're going to go over kind of some of those not all of them because there were some crazy ones uh and we would take hours to do it yeah and that that is not really something we want to do neither of us and 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 you the listener don't want us to do no (laughs) we're not alice experts by any means so the first film adaptation uh, was in 1903, so that was kind of close. I mean, you know, 40 years, and that was kind of at the when film was just starting out. It was a nine-minute silent film, which you can find on YouTube. That was where I watched it. And the first three cinematic appearances of Alice, which were Alice in Wonderland 1903, Alice Wonderland 1931, and then same title in 1949. Those first three are terrifying, <laughs> just <laughs> nightmare-inducing. The first one in 1903, the the rabbit in it straight up looks like Donnie Darko.
1: So you kind you kind of have to think: Is that where Donnie Darko got their rabbit from?
0: I would not be surprised because as I started watching it, I mean, you see him, and it is terrifying. Maybe maybe because of the connection that we have to Donnie Darko. I mean, is but... it is
1: it like a human in a oh, rabbit yeah. suit?
0: Yeah, a human in a rabbit suit that is white, but the face looks like a taxidermed giant rabbit. And the ears are straight up. Like in Donnie Darko, there is no kind of flop to them, no innocence to them, just menacing. <laughs> so that was the first introduction that people had to Alice. Floppiness equals innocence. All right. Well, yeah, okay. you know, you look at a bunny, you look mm-hmm. at a puppy dog with the floppy ears.
1: Mm, okay, no, no, I see what, you- the I logic see what is you're out. going with
0: that. Uh, and then the next one in 1931 that one again i mean it was it was not as terrifying it was the first one that actually had uh, dialogue so that was one of the things that lewis carroll is kind of known for is his his dialogue and the way his writing style affected the storyline so in 1903 people finally got to hear what that was like and it was weird <laughs> it just it is an odd <laughs> film to the credit of the first one 1903 there are some filming techniques that were pretty imaginative, and they kind of layered film on top of each other in interesting ways. The, question, the thing is, though, that John, you're looking at it
1: through 2016 eyes. Mm-hmm. Do you think it would have seemed quite so odd back in the day when it was oh, made?
0: absolutely. You think so? I mean, similar... If you think about it, Alice... Or not Alice in Wonderland, uh, Wizard of Oz, when that first came out, and how the first, I think, like 10, 15 minutes are in black and white, and then it transitioned into color... There are famous stories of people getting sick in the theater watching that because of that transition. They had never seen something like that. So I think in 1903, even though they had been kind of used to silent film, seeing the way that the imagery, like the Cheshire Cat, is <laughs> straight up a video of a cat superimposed on a bush. And you see Alice kind of go to pet the cat, mm-hmm. nowhere mm-hmm. near the cat. Yeah. But I think in 1903, looking at it, you are like... How are they doing this? What I kind think, of sorcery I think you find though that a
1: lot of the early stuff was was pretty surrealistic. I mean, um, you know, mm-hmm. the Lumiere stuff is 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 pretty out there kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, I mean, they were constantly experimenting because it was such a new genre. Uh, Birth of a Nation, when that came out, as terrible as the subject matter of that movie is, the filming techniques that they did were revolutionary. So I will give it. I will give it to that movie in 1903 that it was. Man, it was, it was unique. It was bizarre. Uh, but they did have some interesting techniques. Uh, and then moving on to the 1949 version, which was a French movie. That one was the first to kind of mix stop motion with live action.
1: Hmm.
0: Terrifying. <laughs> Terrifying. I mean, the stop motion characters, the faces look like they're melting off. Like, it is just, it is hard to watch.
1: Hmm. But nobody remembers any of these movies, John, and why is that?
0: The reason no one remembers those movies is because in 1951, Disney came out with the instant classic Alice in Wonderland, which is one of the most beloved Disney movies of all time. <laughs> <laughs> or is it, as, the, as Andy pauses?
1: Yeah, yeah I, I, again, it, as with a lot of Disney stuff, I, can, I just kind of think that, yeah, if if these if if this movie, uh, along with a lot of th- other things, had been created in a vacuum mm-hmm. from you know the the wonderful mind of Walt Disney and not using any other anybody else's stories and stuff, yeah, I would I would agree with you. But what they have tended to do is take a uh, a, a, a wonderful inventive story
0: mm-hmm. okay.
1: and 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 turn it and, and sort of like turn it into something palatable for children <laughs> it's, okay, it's, that, that it's was, really the only way dude. to put it because these stories when they first come out they, I mean sort of they, they, they a lot of them are not really that palatable for the modern day child
0: yeah and I mean I, I can agree to that and listeners did you hear how diplomatic uh, that, that, that analy- analyzation of Disney films was by Andy um, I mean he does have a point in that You know, Alice when it was written by Lewis Carroll Uh, who we did not even touch on who we said we would touch on. So Lewis Carroll, real quick, everyone, uh, was an English writer. He was a mathematician, a logician, Anglican uh, priest or something. Something like that. Real name
1: Charles Lutwidge Dodson. There you go. Uh, So he lived
0: in 1832 to 1898. So he never got to see any of these iterations of the characters that he created. And he missed it by about five years, you know, that 1903... So you always have to wonder with characters like Disney does with Rudyard Kipling, with Jungle Book, when they create these so long after, who knows what the creator might have actually thought of any of these interpretations of of their work. Mm-hmm. No, that's um, true. So with Alice, yeah, when, I mean, the actual book. Although we do have the example of
1: Mary Poppins, don't we?
0: Ooh, good point. Oh, and actually, I don't think they liked it. From she what did I, not. Yeah, from what I remember. I mean, from
1: from the, the more recent movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Even though Mary Poppins is phenomenal. Uh, and they're making a a new one. I think they're either remaking it or doing a sequel. I can't remember. But uh yeah. Anyway, we will do that for another episode. So with this one, so yeah, the, the Disney animated classic, I mean it has has the songs that you remember, has the visuals that you remember of Caterpillar smoking a hookah, uh, and other things, you know, that just are immediately recognizable as a movie. Tweedledum and Tweedledee, Walrus and the Carpenter, which I had forgotten or never known in the first place that two of the iconic things from the Disney movie were not in Alice in Wonderland. Hmm. So they were actually in Alice Through the Looking Glass, which is the title that I'm going to keep working with. It's
1: the actual title, which is Through the Looking Glass and What Alice Found There.
0: Yeah, no. Mm, nobody remembers just gonna, that, do Just going to no. go through the looking glass. <laughs> so, yeah, so the, the two things... Like, Tweedledum and Tweedledee are not in Alice in Wonderland. They were in his next book, Through the Looking Glass. So that was just, you know, it was interesting. Like, that Walrus and the Carpenter, which is kind of tied into those, is also not in that book. Uh, But again, everyone remembers that film. And that was kind of the launching point to then a lot of Alice stuff through the years. Uh, There was a Japanese animation of it, uh, Fushigi no Kunio no Alice. In 1983, nice try. I breezed through that. That yeah. was pro wow. status right yeah. there. Um, but then when they started doing the TV movies in 1985, was the first one, and that had like Sherman Helmsley, Shelley Winters, Scott Baio. Kids, ask your parents who any of those people are, because or, or
1: me, I know I
0: don't really, you don't remember. I, I remember I, Scott <laughs> Baio, uh, no, yeah, and Sherman yeah, Helmsley. Sure. I mean, of course, don't remember him. Yeah, really. Oh wow, oh, that would no, no, be an I'm episode sorry. for a different time. Yeah. The education one hundred one, Sherman Helmsley one hundred one. Uh, what about the Care Bears one version? The Care Bears one. Yeah, I, <laughs> so I was reading about this, and I was what like, a- "Wait, there was a Care Bears one?" Do not remember that uh, okay. at all.
1: But 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 the 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 probably what I think is actually the best Alice movie. Oh. I, I, sh- I shouldn't say that just in case in fact the one we're going to review later is, is my best yeah. up to up to 2016 <laughs> right. my favourite Alice related movie is named Alice uh-huh. um, and this was this um, originally titled I'm going to butcher this one but I'm going to say it's oh here we uh, go
0: this is going to be great because
1: Njetzel mm. which is I mean it actually mm. sounds a bit more <laughs> Russian than Czech because this is a Czech uh, movie by the um, animation great Jan Schwenkmeier
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I love- if we have any Czech listeners, please send me an email to abouttrivia.gmail.com and tell me how Shvan- badly Andy butchered that. I'm pretty sure that I got Jan right. Okay, fair um, enough. <laughs> Proceed. <laughs> Thank you. Um,
1: yeah, this this was... Uh, Jan Schwenkma, for those who don't know, is mm-hmm. uh, kind of like a giant of surreal animation. Okay. Uh, he uh, works... Uh, or worked uh, primarily in stop motion um, of actual things. I guess all stop motion is actual things, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, you are there know, he, things
0: that we would know from him?
1: Um, he did a lot of shorts, and uh, no, essentially, Alice was his his first feature, and he did a lot of uh, fairly uh, fairly well regarded um, animations of, of odd things like things eating each other oh, um, little okay. things
0: um and, and all... the perfect type of director for a movie <laughs> about uh, alice and wonderland well,
1: and that's the thing okay so the original alice books were essentially you know kind of like fantasies mm-hmm. which may be dreams kind of thing right this alice the 1988 check alice is kind of um a take on the dream Way of looking at okay. things, but this is a night, definitely a nightmarish version of a dream. Now you talked about nightmarish for the first three mm-hmm. films. Yes. This this was definitely, uh, I mean, I think meant to be an evocation of a, of a nightmare version of things. It's, so it, that
0: was his intention, you think, going think, into yeah,
1: it? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I, I think there's there's no pulling of punches when it comes to the violence. Okay. You know, in in some of the versions, you don't see a lot of heads coming off in in this one. No, the, you hear
0: about it. You hear the queen. She Off really likes to do you it. Know,
1: <laughs> it's, yeah, it's a, it says a lot. But, you know, it's kind of like that, that power thing that people have that people kind of like, yes, yeah, so absolutely. But they don't necessarily follow through on. Whereas in this, you know, they, they do kind of follow through on this. It's very, very dark. Okay. Um, it's, it's, it's surrealist. And it takes in elements of his other stuff, you know, including... Um, slabs of meat which, which move by themselves gross um the main characters like the white rabbit is 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 a is a i think it is actually a taxidermied rabbit <laughs> but you know kind of like manipulated to look even more scary than a badly taxidermied rabbit would yeah, look it like. looks
0: terrifying when i just looked up when in and i were talking before the show and i was looking at the different version of alice and one of the pictures is of this rabbit yeah
1: you could, you could just get nightmares Just by looking at a picture Of this rabbit Not even watching the movie The, the caterpillar um, Is, oh, yeah. is, a, is a sock that? It's a sock oh, okay. with glass <laughs> eyeballs and, and false teeth I mean, I mean uh, he's, okay. he's, a, he's a master of creating things out of everyday items, which some might say was, well, hey, maybe he's living in, uh, you know, Iron Curtain Czechoslovakia. Yeah, he's got nothing not-
0: but socks and false teeth when to you play to, with. We have to line up for bread for three hours. <laughs> you, your prop-making budget oh, is pretty low. I think low. that's a
1: very prejudiced view of, of things. But, yeah, no. But anyway, I mean, it fits so well with it, a surrealist view of this um, the only the only downside of this 1988 mm-hmm. version i think was really um the the bad dubbing that the english version had i'd oh, like okay. to see a like a czech version with,
0: with, with subtitles, subtitles because- which andy and i both agree on and i mean just subtitling in general 99 percent of the time we would prefer that the dubbing with like miyazaka films is really good uh princess mononoke things like that but in general give us subtitles. I think it's easier
1: to subtitle an animation than it is to subtitle. Uh, and h- here's the one thing about the, the 1988 Alice is that there's only one actual live human in the whole thing and that oh. is Alice. Okay. The rest, everything else is, is stop motion. So
0: she actually, yeah, and this was before, so was she actually interacting with things? Because like with mm-hmm. green screen, you always see these behind the scenes where someone is talking to a tennis ball on a stick. Mm-hmm. So this, she was actually interacting with a sock Caterpillar? I don't think
1: it could have been quite like
0: that, because I don't think Not they like could the have her standing Street.
1: still for as long as it takes to make stop-motion okay. animation.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah good point. <laughs> that, that would be for, impressive. You know,
1: this is someone who, is, who appears to be of the right Alice age, which I'm going to guess is like in the six to seven uh, so, Yeah, range. something like
0: that. Maybe 11 at the oldest, but mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. younger. Yep. Okay, so she was age-appropriate for what we envision... Alice. Well, th- from the books you, you imagine from what be. we envision when you read the books. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But books are for nerds and I only yep. read some of them. Uh,
1: good, 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 good <laughs> job. We didn't really talk about the books then in that case. Yeah. Right?
0: Good thing. We just got to breeze past that. Just kidding. Everyone. Books are awesome. I am surrounded by books as we speak. Um, over there. Oh, <laughs> and, okay. you, and you just like looked around. around to find I can that.
1: barely see a book anywhere, but okay. I, I just went to a <laughs> dusty
0: corner with some cobwebs. Uh, Okay, so you would say, until we get into the later movies, mm-hmm, mm. that the 1988 Alice is your favorite representation. It's
1: not everybody's cup of tea, and I wouldn't show it to
0: a room full of <laughs> six-year-olds. Uh, <laughs> not unless you never want them to sleep right, again. Uh, yeah,
1: if you never want, them, never want them back in your house again.
0: Yeah. Um, so after 1988, there's a TV show on Disney for a few years, a couple years in the early 90s, Adventures in Wonderland. Again, I have no memory of that. Uh, Disney Channel, I only watched every now and then growing up because we only had cable every now and then. So I have no memories of that, so I'm skipping past that. (laughs) Uh, Alice in Wonderland in 1999. Now, this was the next TV production after uh, 1985. So 1999, that one had Martin Short um, as the Mad Hatter, Whoopi Goldberg as Cheshire Cat. So that one definitely was kind of using the stars of the day to do another made for tv alice and again those the made for tv stuff when you talk about you know making it for an audience of younger people they definitely go there with that is those are def- those are just you know either nbc family or disney channel production a very
1: pg version for sure yeah
0: or probably g mm. most likely mm-hmm. um And then, yeah, it just kind of continued through, you know, the early 2000s. There was a video game, American McGee's Alice. Uh, I barely played that one. So, again, going to skip past that. I hope it was a great game, anyone who played that. Uh, Sci-Fi Channel got a hold of Alice because Sci-Fi Channel, here's the thing. I would love to be in a writer's room for Sci-Fi Channel. You can pitch any idea you want and they, it seems like, automatically fund it. It is is tremendous, and I really wish that that I could be a part of that room. So, in 2009, uh, they came out with an Alice miniseries that was just weird. It was kind of pseudo-sci-fi in the future and made no sense. Hmm. So, skipping past that, leading into, because it was just one year before, Tim Burton's reimagining of the Alice world in Alice in Wonderland in 2010.
1: I probably shouldn't give any opinions about this one, because it might foreshadow my Mm. opinions on the
0: on the one that we just watched Alice through the looking glass yeah fair enough well that that was the end of the the list of Alice adaptations until we get into the newer ones so perfect timing Mm. Uh, so the Alice that came out in 2010 like I said it was a reimagining it was Tim Burton kind of being the most Tim Burton he could be because he was given a ton of money and they know when you hire someone like Tim Burton, especially for something like this, you want to talk about surrealistic. You want to talk about just over the top visuals. He nailed it. Mm-hmm. I mean, he—they really knocked out a park with that. It actually won two Oscars uh, the year it came out, um, and they're not even. As far as I remember, they were not even technical Oscars. I think they were, um, I hate to say real Oscars, but the Oscars that everyone watches on TV. <laughs> Let me actually pull that up real quick. So, Andy, how about you start talking while I pull up up IMDB? (laughs) Check that. Okay. All right.
1: Uh, Yeah. um, This Alice was uh, very bright, very colourful. I mean, yeah, you couldn't have more colours on the screen at any one time. It was a little (laughs) overpowering, you might almost Uh say. And the storyline kind of, you know, kind of mirrored the disney uh version of things i would say you know in terms Mm -hmm. of how it generally
0: mirrors things uh um yeah the 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 selling point of the 2010 alice were not the characters it was the visuals it was the reimagining of the world it was johnny depp as the mad hatter Mm -hmm. Uh, so it did win two oscars it won best achievement in costume design Mm -hmm. uh, colleen atwood and Best Achievement in Art Direction, which probably was on the Technical Oscars the day before the televised Oscars. So sorry, Robert Stromberg and Karen O'Hara, who might not have gotten the recognition. Uh, but it was also nominated for Best Achievement in Visual Effects. So you can tell where they put their money. It was not They're not nominated for screenplay or anything like that. Well, but they did also have to pay for some pretty big stars. that That, again, surprised me even with this because I had kind of forgotten... How many people were attached to this project? I mean, we have Helena Bonham Carter and Johnny Depp. Shocking, they are in a movie together for the what sixth time?
1: I want to say. Yeah, and, and under Tim Burton's direction, who would have thought that? Yeah,
0: in the well, in the first one, not in the well in the yeah. sequel. But yeah, you had Alan Rickman, uh, Helena. Uh, I just had Helena Bonham Carter, uh, Stephen Fry. I mean, you had you had, you have big names. Mm-hmm. So Anne Hathaway, kind of forgot about her. Yep. Uh, not that her performance was forgettable, but we will get into that next. Shh. So, uh, so, yeah, the 2010 one, uh, for what it was, I mean, it was a visual powerhouse. Absolutely. Uh, and then they had some characters in it that did some things. So, leading from that into the latest release... Oh, good. Can I just say
1: uh, now, <laughs> finally, Ooh. that I hated... Oh, wait, before Go, before do that, uh, <laughs> I
0: forgot to mention. <laughs> I forgot to I mention. I just can't... I couldn't stop myself from saying that. Uh, so... One of my favorite things with the original Alice, like the 1951 version of things, uh, the Jefferson Airplane song, White Rabbit, uh, is a great song, and it was probably the only good Alice thing that came out between 1951 <laughs> and possibly now. I say possibly because we have not gotten into ratings yet, but that was N- something... Yeah,
1: and and you haven't seen Jan Schwenkmaier's Alice.
0: That is true. I actually, I am going to pick that up because... I do like to expand my... Oh, I'm really happy, everyone. Andy just hit the table for the first time, and he gives me crap for doing that. This could be the episode where two things happen. Andy might mispronounce something, and Andy knocks Moving the table. Moving right along, John. So, um, so anyway, so with you know with everything Alice going on, Jefferson Airplane Song was great. Uh, the other thing that I wanted to mention with the Jabberwocky, just kind of the, the short story, is... They talk about the weapon. Andy, what weapon did they use in the Jabberwocky? I believe it was a Vorpal Sword. Vorpal Sword, which is awesome because Vorpal Sword is from, or not from Dungeons and Dragons, it (laughs) obviously is from the Jabberwocky. or the I I didn't
1: think there was Dungeons and Dragons before 1870. Not so much.
0: But I wonder if the character in the Jabberwocky that Lewis Carroll wrote knew that there was a plus three damage roll. Uh, Plus three damage if he did a critical roll or he killed it immediately. So... And just a little Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> that I wanted to slip in there real quick. So Go, but going back to what you hated, Andy, that I cut you off of to reference <laughs> you know, Jefferson uh, the, Airplane and Dungeons yeah, and Dragons. Yeah, well,
1: because we, we've started now to get into to the the current movie. Yeah, yes. no, I, I think it's fair and, fair and safe for me to say that I really hated the the 2010 Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and and not because of the visuals which you uh-huh. were talking about all right. the costumes or the art direction all of which right. i thought were quite wonderful um it was it was the the screenplay mm-hmm. and the acting
0: and the actors yeah and so we're going to break down uh when we talk about alice through the looking glass we're going to break it down into three categories visuals performances and storyline. I should um, let me just say that mm-hmm. just because I hated um, Alice in Wonderland, the
1: twenty ten doesn't mean that I would hate this current um, one. Just you absolutely, know, I just want to make sure. Yeah, and so
0: so I went in unprejudiced, and I and I tried to uh, <laughs> because not that the last Alice left a really bad taste in my mouth. Honestly, it was just it was sorry, just I was trying <laughs> to get that out. Yeah, apparently, still still there. Uh, it was just kind of a nothing movie for me. It was really pretty. It was done like the. The Art direction, like Andy said, was gorgeous. Have I watched it since then? Nope. Do I plan on watching it? Did I plan on watching it before this one to like refresh me, like I do on some sequels? Nope. I couldn't. I couldn't. I didn't think I could watch it again. And a lot
1: of it has to do, I'm afraid to say, with the Johnny Depp character. I uh, I, I really hated the makeup on this Mad
0: Hatter for one thing. I mean, it, it, it was just like did I it bring anything with any sort of makeup? Sorry to cut you off, but with any sort of makeup, does it do anything to build the character, or does it take away from the character? And I think kind of what you're getting at is, it did not do anything for the character. It
1: didn't, but and and yet it was so overwhelming. Mm-hmm. I mean, sort of. I, I know, you know, I tend to think of uh, you know the Mad Hatter in terms of you know the pictures from I think it was the original book, and you know he wasn't wearing a ton of makeup you know all brightly colored <laughs> right. and you know sort of like you know all that kind of stuff so this really i mean sort of the johnny depp mad had to took me away from the story right from the get-go and then another thing which really annoyed me um about the the 2010 movie mm-hmm. was was the 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 crazy dance the i think it was the futter wacken right. or something right. which i mean why? I mean, why would you have a hip hop, let's call it hip hop style mm-hmm. or break dancing dance in an Alice set in the? I mean, it was essentially set a- in the eighteen seventies. Yeah, eighteen hundreds. Yeah. Um, it, it just made no sense to have thrown it in there the whatsoever.
0: Anachronistic aspect of it was just kind of unnecessary. Right.
1: Yeah. You know, sometimes you can throw in things and it's like, oh, that's kind of funny, or that that kind of really works. But that just really did not work for me. Carry
0: on. Yeah. <laughs> and that, <laughs> that that makes sense. Um, so, and the other thing, like, with, with the Hatter that I, again, while I was doing my in-depth research of all things Lewis Carroll and Alice in Wonderland, by that I mean Wikipedia and BuzzFeed. Uh, oh, boy. So, what? They can never they cannot put it they're on not, the internet if right. it is not real. Yep. So, the Mad Hatter, Lewis Carroll never refers to him as the, as the Mad Hatter. So, the whole phrase mad as a hatter came out long before Lewis Carroll. And in fact, the only reference is the Cheshire cat saying, Oh, the two of them are mad. But not Mm. once Mm. is he called the Mad Hatter. He's just called the Hatter. Mm -hmm. So, I found that interesting. In the Tim Burton, in the 2010 one and in the 2016 one, they not only go into the Mad Hatter as a central story, as a central character but a driving force. And it was like... I found that to be an interesting choice because like, Alice should be the driving force in these movies. Why is she taking... Not even a backseat necessarily, but like a co-pilot to her own movie is what it felt like.
1: In the 2010 movie?
0: Yes. In the 2010 movie, but also in this one. Really? You think so? I think so. I thought Uh, she was
1: much more central in this movie than she was in the 2010. I, I will
0: agree. Yeah, she was more central in this one, but everything she was doing... Was directly related to the Hatter um, and kind of what is happening to him. So we talked about the 2010 one. Now for the 2016 Alice Through the Looking Glass in theaters now. Um, okay, so what, those,
1: can, what can we say? With, well, let's let's should we talk about the visuals? Visuals to start off with. <laughs>
0: uh, so the visuals. Uh, Andy and I saw this at the IMAX theater in 3D craziness. You you have heard. Me talk about it, and Andy and I talk, talk about it before. When you see a movie in IMAX 3D in these giant screens, I am I I still am not sold on it with with a 3D it's, aspect. It's
1: unnecessary. It really it really is. Like,
0: now, if you're going to see an IMAX movie, like they have a National Parks one, Galapagos, then absolutely because it is filmed in IMAX. It is native IMAX, and it works. With a movie like this, like, I'm wearing these big, chunky 3D glasses, and for why? I, I mean,
1: yeah. I mean, sometimes there's things which pop out a little bit, but a, a, a lot bit, of the time yeah. it detracts because it's, it's blurry in various yep. sections, and you, you lose some of the sharpness of the action. So, yeah. I, I mean, sort of, yes, you, you get, but you give, and I, I mm-hmm. think you, you give more
0: than you get. And, and I agree. We talked about it, Andy and I talked about it, on the Jungle Book episode. When there are tracking shots... And it is blurry because the 3D is trying to catch up. It is trying to do that. And so if, you, if you're going to go and see this, if you want to see it in IMAX, go see it in IMAX. If you, if you are not really sold in the 3D, you really do not need to pay the extra few dollars for the 3D because there's nothing really that jumps out or nothing that enhanced. Like we talked about the makeup, 3D can enhance or take away... In this instance, it it just took away from it. It was unnecessary.
1: Yeah, this was uh, uh, again just like the twenty ten. Ex- extraordinarily bright, amazingly colourful, um, and almost all of it had to be based off of uh, CGI, which mm-hmm. I would say was was seamless, but not dazzling. There's been a lot of mm. dazzling kind of CGI stuff, like uh, Jungle Book. I thought yeah. the CGI in that, as as if anybody who's listened to that episode will will know, was 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 great i mean it, it was amazing the detail was fantastic yeah. in this movie i i didn't really see you know such amazing detail and again i don't know if that's because we were watching it in 3d but yeah. uh,
0: but if you're going to compare apples to apples we saw jungle book in imax mm. 3d at the same theater yeah, yeah good point so and with that i mean yeah so when it comes to characters like tweedledum and tweedledee which are 95 percent cg i mean you have the actor's face but even that has to kind of get warped into, you know, the rest of the character. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was seamless, but not fantastic. Whereas Jungle Book, multiple times we were sitting there looking at it, being like, "Are these real animals? How did they get like, a target to do that?" Yeah. So, <laughs> but yeah, the general visuals were were spectacular. I will I will give the movie credit in that in that regard that it yeah that the visual d- styling and director. Now it did have a different director. Uh, for whatever reason, Tim Burton was not uh, involved in this one, or at least did not direct it. Um, So I was interested to see how Tim Burton it was. Because when you set the bar, when you reimagine a universe like he did with Alice in 2010, someone has to follow that. And someone has to either decide to make a complete departure or stay the same. So this director uh, was James Bobbin. Uh, And I was just yeah i was really wondering how he how he would go about that
1: i mean most of the time you don't have complete reimaginings like you do let's say i don't know in the, the batman kind of movies you, mm-hmm. you kind of like have essentially the same thing but the the mood of the piece right. will will change somewhat
0: yeah so yeah i think i think james boppin uh did a good job with you know with everything he was given it was a tim burton-esque movie mm-hmm. but not as tim burton as tim burton yeah, Would I think basically, yeah, yeah,
1: and he didn't, again, he did not reimagine things. He mm-hmm. took the ball that, that Tim Burton had sewn, blown up. The, the ball, the, the Tim Burton, b- <laughs> He took <laughs> Tim Burton's ball and and he ran with it.
0: What, there, oh, is wow. That,
1: is that an exciting? Watching uh, an Andy expression? try and, to
0: and put together a sports metaphor with... Uh, <laughs> but okay, yeah, I, I see what you mean. And hopefully the lister- listeners do as well.
1: Yeah, that's a real expression, folks.
0: Yeah. Um, Okay, so we talked about the visuals, the performances. Performances and well, take it away
1: um okay so we 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 had several main characters um returned from the previous movie mm-hmm. we had Johnny Depp as the Mad Hatter we had Helena Bonham Carter as mm-hmm. the Red Queen Mia Wasikowski as Alice um we had um you know most of the minor cast uh, also came along we had yeah. I think one major new character mm-hmm. who was uh, um Sasha Baron Cohen uh, as uh, time Sasha Baron Cohen being um, Borat and Ali G and things like that, mm-hmm. um, and you know, I, I, so and again, like like 2010, an amazing cast of uh, of character actors uh, such as Reese Ifans as mm-hmm. the um, the Hatter's dad, Timothy Spall, um, Alan Rickman, Matt Lucas, um, and Anne Hathaway again.
0: Yeah, and and Alan Rickman again. It was one of those his things final where... performance, I believe. I his yes yeah i would agree because his final i'm glad
1: you would agree because it's, it's correct <laughs> it, is, it is the truth
0: <laughs> well i was thinking his last visual performance was the spy movie that came out recently um and yet again because i had not gone back to 20 to the 2010 alice and rewatched it i had honestly forgotten that he was Ab- absalom um yeah, absalom absalom and so when he first appears and he starts talking it, it was definitely it pulled on the heartstrings because of you know I mean, we just recently lost Alan Rickman a few months ago, and so I being that I'd forgotten that he was in it, it was you know it was nice to hear him again
1: it was, but again- I'm sorry, but again it was it was one of those last performances that mm-hmm. you wish maybe hadn't been. The last yeah. performance. Ooh, that is an idea actor. for a future episode. Oh, last I'm, actually, I'm writing that down right now. While you're doing that, um, what, it, what were my opinions of the performances? Johnny Depp was, again, uniformly terrible oh, as, wow. as the Mad <laughs> Hat. I'm sorry. I, you know, <laughs> I, I want to say that I've liked a lot of what Johnny Depp has done um, through his career. But, mm-hmm. my God, he's done some stinkers. Yeah. <laughs> and, and more of them in latter years um, than before. He's, he's... Call it the
0: Jack Sparrow effect. Because uh, y- think about y- it. Yeah, before before I, I, Jack absolutely, Sparrow, absolutely. he did varied characters. He did different things. Post-Jack Sparrow... What type of different character have we seen? He's, him do? he's
1: becoming a parody of himself. He's, I, and I, I don't want to again, uh, not too many parallels, please. But, but I mean, sort of, <laughs> uh, the the sadness that I have about um, Robert De Niro's career is is, okay, yeah. is paralleled by my upset at what Johnny Depp has done, uh, his decisions, his the roles that he's picked.
0: Mm-hmm. There
1: are lots of other actors who have gotten. Uh, you Stuck. Know, well well yeah on the on the one hand, but I was going to say there 's lots of other actors who have managed to maintain fantastic careers as they 've head, headed into their forties and fifties. Johnny mm-hmm. Depp has not made good decisions about the last good decision he made um was um Oh, oh, the film about Whitey Bulger. I've forgotten oh, what it's guy, yeah, yeah. Black... Uh, Black. Uh, oh, my God, I'm sorry. Hold that on, stopped. listeners.
0: That's yeah, please, and again, I know that me. some of you are shouting Black Mass. <sighs> Black Mass, yes, and
1: I saw that quite recently. So that, that was... And that, that, that was kind, a kind of
0: a, a critical snub. A lot of people, that did not get nominated for anything. Probably because he's
1: been doing so much dross recently that people couldn't bring themselves to nominate somebody who's been doing such terrible movies. Well,
0: if you believe in the... Uh, a Hollywood conspiracy, which could be a whole different episode. I'm not going to write that down. That one down. Uh, but because he came out with that movie, which was you know critically acclaimed, but also came out with Mordecai mm-hmm. that year, and Mordecai failed miserably. Yeah, they were like, well, we got to balance the scales. That's not fair. So I know. Um, so I wrote down some stuff for performances. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to read those off Me too. Uh, it was nice to see Alan Rickman. That was the first one, or not see him, hear him. <laughs> I mean, he has such an iconic voice and it was just, that was nice. Yep. Uh, and Hathaway. Yeah. So through the looking glass, one of the first memories I have of this, cause I never really read the books. Uh, every middle school and every high school has done a production of through the looking glass. So I remember seeing this in like seventh grade uh, and reading the script for it and everything. And Hathaway's performance in the 2016 <laughs> Alice through the looking glass really reminded me of those middle school and high school performances because it was, I mean, I, she, she has a professional. I respect the craft. She was awful. I mean, everything was, it was up to Yeah. It was, up to, a, yeah, oh, it was up to 11. It was, she would just be in a scene and chewing scenery is okay. If you know, you have to kind of gravitas to do that. But when the camera is on her and she is talking, and her hands are wisping around and she kind of turns and it was like what is happening? It really felt like I, that. Mu- surely that was a directorial decision rather than her as an actor I, I mean again if she did it in the 2010 one which she probably did I cannot remember it but in this one it was just it was striking I mean every time you would see her it just it took you took me out of it because it was just like I said very sophomoric just odd. Uh, moving down my list uh, Helena Bottom Carter uh, was over the top, but did it well, and I think that is the difference between Helena, uh, Helena Bottom Carter's performance and Anne Hathaway's performance, even Sasha Baron Sasha Baron Cohen's performance. You can be over the top, absolutely, and you can sell it if it works. And so I think Helena Bottom Carter, it worked. Like her character she, was. Yeah, I you talk about over the top. Her head is larger than life; it is gigantic, and they like go into the story behind that. We'll get into that in the next section of storylines, <laughs> um, but it, it worked. She was, you know, uh, she was most definitely
1: the best part of this movie for Agreed. me. Yep. Um, her acting, as you said, was over the top, but it demanded to be mm-hmm. over the top. Um, and uh, yeah, she's she's done some mm, stuff in her time, <laughs> but but this was actually really good. I really liked the the Red her Queen. Performance, yeah. yeah, the performance.
0: Yeah, she was solid. Um, Mia Waszkowska, Mia Wasikowski, uh She was again. It it was it felt a little sophomoric. It felt a little um, tame. I think she I put think, a, she put a lot of effort into things. Um, yeah, tempered is is what I would say. Like hmm. it just you know maybe maybe that was a directorial choice. Maybe it was her choice. I honestly do not know
1: my my big my biggest question is why why do we have some of, someone of this age playing this character she was uh, I think she was uh, 21 when they made the, the, the first the, one the, the 2010 movies which makes it what 28 uh, now yeah, 20 like or, well, 25 when, when they she made it, yeah. when, they, when they filmed it mm-hmm. and that's that's a good at least 10 possibly 15 or more years too old for this for the character
0: yeah, it it was an interesting choice because in this one, which takes place six months after the last Alice, Alice, um, and she is a captain on this ship. And it was just, yeah, it it, it was it was an odd choice. Um, but again, all we have to do is wait. Mm, I say, I honestly say, seven years before we get a completely reimagined, brand new Alice in Wonderland, be it animated or not. Mm. So Johnny Depp's performance, like we kind of talked about, but there was one thing he had the cheesiest lines in the entire movie. I mean, it was just fromage. It was just garbage. Uh, Oh, I totally agree. I mean, it just and it was bad, and you saw it coming as you're watching it. And there, there are line. It just it is set up, set up into the line, and it just yeah, it it was it was rough. Uh, Now to the new character. Sasha Baron Cohen and I say new character because a, it is new to this franchise and new to the new mythology, to the existence in, Sacha, yeah, in the world. Yeah, Sasha Baron Cohen. What did you? What do you think about the performance? Eh? So he plays Time, uh, <laughs> which again has no base of reference in any of Lewis Carroll's works at all. Um, so the thing that I wrote down, he has really good timing, um, and he was a highlight. Of the movie maybe because it was different maybe because it was something unique compared to the rest of the characters um and it was it was good I mean like I said he had he had good timing he had good beats sasha Baron Cohen is is a good comedian so he had that going but it was just kind of forgettable
1: this was a this was a sasha Baron Cohen uh tied up in a straight jacket with a bag over his Absolutely. head and dropped in a block of concrete this is wow. not this is not how sasha baron cohen should
0: performs best uh, or should be made to perform uh, unless unless for some reason the work that he is doing fits fits that mold and i mean like i mean we can talk about but other you, there, actors there's a million other character actors who could have done
1: that role as a, um, as a more straight yep. role Absolutely. or something
0: like that they're even more comedic not even more comedic there are more more actors who could do this with just that comedic timing so Yeah, it was just... It was not that he was bad at all. He was a highlight. But it was just... A lot of people could have done that. And it would have made it even more forgettable. Um, But to wrap up the performances... Here's the thing. I felt nothing for any of these characters. And that, that sucked. Because as I'm watching it, I'm just like... Everything that is happening to these characters both protagonist and antagonist it just meant nothing to me
1: which is unfortunate because i think the whole point of the what the director was trying to do was was tug at your heartstrings Mm -hmm. every five minutes or so
0: every character in this film has their struggle has their journey which in some movies they can balance it really well you know you look if you want to look at an epic movie that does that things like lord of the rings everybody is on their own quest. Everybody's doing their own thing. Some of them are balanced better, but it still works as a cohesive movie. This one... And you care. And yes, absolutely. And you care. Even though Frodo and Sam, their whole journey, it got slow sometimes and everything, but you still cared. You were still with that character through the struggle. This, when every character has a struggle and none of them I cared about. Mm. And that was that was difficult. And it it, t- it took me out of the the pleasure of watching a film when i just did not care uh the resolution was just contrived and well, this is and a segue into
1: the actual story really the biggest yeah. thing of which uh, and which you alluded to a little bit earlier is that this resembles in no shape <laughs> form whatsoever the, the the lewis carroll story Yep, none um there are some characters yes
0: from <laughs> so, through
1: the looking glass and right. what alice found there but there's a, a gigantic chunk of this movie let's say 99% of it that, is, that based, is a
0: gigantic chunk yes is
1: based on a story which is pulled out of the screenplay writers something or other because mm-hmm. i mean uh, yeah alice alice is a sailor or, or the captain of a right. ship and somehow she's you know contrived in a situation where she needs to go to a, through the mirror oh well maybe mm-hmm. that's that's from the original story yep. into wonderland yeah well there was a wonderland in the original story um but the mad hatter is ailing and he ha- his he must be saved and the only way to do that is to do this thing with this thing and there's a chronosphere. There's a <laughs> right. chronosphere involved. What the heck is a chronosphere? And yeah. would Charles Lutwidge Dodson be spinning in his grave as fast as the chronosphere can spin? That was my question, John.
0: Mm, no. <laughs> <laughs> he would not be spinning as fast, is my answer. But yeah, I mean, the whole storyline was just pointless. I mean, and again, like, I, I hate to say that because... You know, in, in a lot of movies, the storyline can be meh, but the performances can be great. So it makes it better. Or the perform like either way, this one, there were only a couple of good performances. The storyline was just bland. I did not care about any of the characters. And again, ev- when it goes into the backstory, this is the second film. When it goes into the backstory of these characters that you have already seen in the first film and multiple of them, Why? So you find out the queen and like where she not comes from. You know where she comes from, but why she has a big head and why these things happen, and she has this hatred for the Hatter. And then you find out the Hatter's about it. Just it was just a convoluted, unorganized mess. Yeah. I mean, so uh, let me see. Oh, so the movie cost one hundred and seventy million dollars to make, which is a lot of money. Uh, a lot of that went to animation. This had some big stars in it, again. And currently, as of recording, it has made like twenty-eight million dollars. Opening weekend. They got a long way to go. They did make sixty five million domestically, so it is sitting at about ninety-seven. So the question will they make their money back, Andy?
1: I I truly hope not, because they need <laughs> wow. to be schooled. Sorry, Disney. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry,
0: Disney. Yeah, no, they need to be schooled uh, not to make drivel like this. And as much as I would agree to that, I unfortunately think this will make probably $300 million, which means we're not done with this. And I unfortunately think that we will we will get another Alice, potentially in this universe, in the next few years. I would like to see
1: uh, perhaps um, Alice versus the Pirates of the Caribbean
0: two disney franchises
1: (laughs) Mm, coming together
0: and with how this ends i mean yeah maybe that would that i mean they're making a pirate five and johnny Depp is it just oh my gosh who knows um so yeah it just so to our rating to the rating system of of this podcast uh there are three choices uh my last why are there are only my three la- choices my last guest said it was a brilliant rating system no he didn't i'm sure so, he couldn't uh, actually he did and it was i, I mean know he was why right he was gonna I, I will that. give i will give his review of my rating system a good <laughs> so uh, i'm going to give it an ugly so the three choices are good bad and ugly uh, as far as rating of films and other things that we will get to review good uh, has a wide range just like all of them it can be a solid movie that had good characters good performances but did not blow you away, ranging to the opposite end of it was fantastic. It was the best movie. Go ahead and see this immediately. Middle ground is bad, which you regret sitting through, you know, you will not really go and see it again. And it was just kinda of blah. Ugly is avoid at all cost. Red flag. All of those things. So with <laughs> with that rating system and our glowing review of this so far, Andy, what would you give 2016's alice through the looking glass
1: now i know you're gonna think that i'm immediately gonna leap into a uh, ugly but you know
0: (laughs) i do not like where this is going
1: no no hear me out hear me out um i want to say that this is actually bad movie that it is and i mean that in the in the in the definition sense not not the review sense Mm -hmm. um it it could have it could potentially have been worse Um, it did have one saving performance in in Helena Bonham Carter Sasha Baron Cohen was okay even if he was kind of like strapped up and not allowed to do what he's best at Mm -hmm. Um, the story if I didn't imagine it had anything to do with Alice I, I could have these are a lot watched. of
0: caveats, well, so they,
1: they, um, which is you know, um, which is necessary. No, but I mean, if, if this had not been billed as a, as a movie about Alice, and we'd gotten rid of the Johnny Depp character or changed him completely into something else, uh-huh. this I think this would could have been potentially a slightly watchable movie. But it unfortunately mm-hmm. Johnny Depp was in it, <laughs> yes, and it was related to Alice. Mm-hmm. So on the basis of that, I'm giving it a borderline, oh. a borderline ugly.
0: Yes. Uh, so. I say yes, because that, this is the first ugly of the podcast. We knew it was going to happen at some point. Uh, it seems weird to be cheering that, but we will do it anyway. Hey, look at all um, the confetti that's falling. I know, the, the banners fell down from the ceiling. Oh,
1: like the, yeah, fireworks and everything. Yeah.
0: The Cameron. books that are collecting dust just opened up and exploded. Uh, okay, so to my rating, uh, I, I totally agree with your, your point, that there were a couple good performances there, there were definitely some solid performances there were performances by handcuffed actors um but to me again i did not care about any of these characters i have to give this an ugly i would not feel good with about myself second ugly with anything because it just wow i will not watch this movie again i will have a very very hard time recommending this movie to someone unless. I, I have some friends who love the first one. When I say that, I mean the 2010 version. And even the original. But if, if you love, and this is for you the listeners, if you really liked the first one in 2010, you will probably like this one, and that is okay. That is totally fine. Being that I did not really like the first one, and I thought it was just kind of bland, this one followed suit, and it just... It was, it was just a nothing movie. And to spend this much amount of money... To have it in IMAX and 3D, it was pointless. And I will admit this, for the first time in a very, very long time, I fell asleep while watching this movie. Twice. I For that. like two minutes. I mean, it was just something where... You missed the best bits. <laughs> right. Um, and I, I never fall asleep in movies because I love film. I just, I love seeing movies. This one, there was just, there was nothing going on. Even though the pacing is frantic. Mm-hmm. That was something we did not really touch on before, but man like there was just a lot going on all the time but i just did not care it it just it meant nothing to me so there you have it so our recommendations coming off of (laughs) off of these reviews uh definitely i'm going to check out the 1988 movie uh that that andy really liked the Jan guy schunkmeyer schunkmeyer uh, I'm going to check that out, Andy. I would recommend for you to see the the silent film and like the French one. I'm because, intrigued. Yeah, they because you like surrealistic imagery and themes. I think I think you would like those mm. movies. So to recap, uh, Andy gave Alice Through the Looking Glass an ugly on the borderline of bad because the performances almost saved it. Me, I just I gave this a solid ugly. It just yeah, it, it was a nothing film. So. Uh, the new section, section, segment, segment of the show is kind of a shout out section. And this is something where, uh, on the last episode where I may or may not have, you know, not begged, that is such a weird word, but if you, you are were
1: on, on your knees when you
0: said <laughs> <it>. <laughs> right. um, I would love for you guys to go on iTunes and give the show a rating, preferably five stars. That would be fantastic. And write a review. Uh, If you write a five-star review, then I will absolutely give you a shout-out on an upcoming episode. So, uh, this week, there is actually a new five-star review on iTunes by Corgum. I think I'm pronouncing that right. It just reminds me of Billy Corgan. So, uh, yeah. So, to you who wrote a five-star review, he said, or they said, uh, she said, it said, savvy and solid. And gave a five-star. So, thank you, Corgum for that review. We really appreciate it. Uh, you can go on iTunes and rate the show, review the show. Uh, you can find me and the podcast on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is about to review, uh, the email address. If you guys have ideas for future episodes, I definitely think we're going to do one on the last performances of actors that might have been unfortunate. Uh, that will be a future episode, but if you have any other suggestions or ideas, Definitely email them to the show at about2review at gmail.com. So for this Alice in Wonderland expose, I have been your host, that guy named John. And I've been Andy. It's been a blast. Excellent. So there you go, everyone. We will see you next time.